Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And welcome to Securians, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the Celebrity Mental Health Podcast, where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same match as me, then before we get to today's guest, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, click that follow button, leave a five-star rating, and leave a review. And it's so important we keep spreading the word, it's okay to not be okay. And that's exactly what I want to do on this episode. In this episode, this is all part of the Security and Skip Book Club, where I speak to some of my favourite authors about the mental health themes in their book. This week, my guest has written three novels, and they're so good, always about friendship, but there's so many good mental health themes that come out of it as well. The book this week is something for beginners. It's with Nicola Gill, and I'm delighted that she joins me on Security and Skip to talk about those themes. Welcome, Nicola. Hello, nice to be here. Thanks so much for doing this for me. So let's start with setting the scene of the book, because I'm always worried I'm going to give away too many spoilers so if you said then then (laughs) I can't get in trouble I guess the um the book summed up in a couple of sentences is that you've got this woman Loretta who avoids the sort of messy things in life like people and relationships and then she's asked by a complete stranger in an airport departure lounge to keep an eye on her sleeping child Phoebe while she nips to the loo but then the stranger never comes back And obviously, in that moment, Phoebe's life is going to change forever. But actually, so is Loretta's. So uh, as you've mentioned, we've got Loretta and Phoebe. Loretta, who's 31 years old, Phoebe, who's six years old. And we see, although we've got a relationship that ends up kind of being godmother to goddaughter style. But in essence, it's all about a friendship and a friendship between a 31 year old and a six year old. So. Talk to me about those friendships that you've had in your life where that person is a little bit older than you or a little bit younger than you and what you've learned from them. We can be drawn to people because superficially we seem they seem to have a lot in common with us. But actually, when you get to know people better, you can actually form connections with people that maybe, you know, on the surface, you wouldn't have thought were necessarily for you. I think it's interesting with that, that especially with older people, a lot of people who are girls stereotypically in their late teens early 20s working care homes for a bit of extra help and whatever and the relationships they build there are so powerful because 
it always tends to be that they've got all these life lessons they're being given because older people have gone through so many experiences over their lifetime that they can pass down their world, words of wisdom and pay it forward. Have you had anything like that in your life? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I would say that I've got friends of all ages. So I've got a whole group of people that I describe as my work children because <laughs> they're the sort of age that they could actually be my kids. But, you know, they're great pals and then I've got older friends too and as you say they've got all sorts of things to offer and all sorts of life experience and wisdom um, that they share so I don't think for a second that someone has to be the same age as you to be friends with them and we have different types of friendships don't we at different times in our life and maybe you connect with someone at a certain time because you're both going through a similar thing or something yeah and also I think taking it a step further is I always like this analogy about the hand so we've got a hand with five fingers on it or four fingers and a thumb and each finger represents a different one of your close friends and the personality traits they bring out in you so one friend might make you a bit more silly one makes you a bit more flirty one's your lad lad one's the one who has the deep chat etc etc and I think this is it that when you're around people who are older than you you have got something in common whether it's to do with your culture your upbringing your background you're from the same town and I do think that you can just be that other version of yourself that you're not going to be in other scenarios we know that if you're in a classroom at school you're not going to be like you are if you're going to a nightclub with your friends and so I think that's where being around people who are older teach you these amazing values in life but also that it's okay to be yourself. You don't have to be the Jack the Lad and try to be someone to be yeah. part of this sense of belonging. Yeah, no, exactly that. And I think the other thing is, is that, you know, you different um, at different times in your life, you know, people bring out different things in you. So yes, I think it's really interesting. It's a really interesting mix. Let's talk about Loretta being 31 years old because it's such a pinnacle number. Not Normal people would go for 30, you go for 30. <laughs> but let's look at Loretta in her 20s compared to her 30s. Talk to yeah. me about the values that she was holding in her 20s because, for example, as we've already mentioned, she didn't know if she wanted kids, she didn't really like being around kids, but she seemed to be that type of character that was very much in her own world and quite liked it actually like that. Loretta is really a, a woman with a plan. She's really focused, you know, she really is doing well at work and she's got her eyes on a promotion. She's marrying a man whose five-year plan perfectly aligns with hers. That's a whole other dimension to the story because maybe or maybe not is he the right person for her, but... Um, at the beginning of the book certainly you know she thinks oh you know our goals are very aligned and I suppose it's worth saying that it's not a story sort of suggesting for any uh, for a second that everyone should love kids or want to become a, a parent not for a second and I don't think I mean Loretta does change throughout the story but she doesn't really suddenly become this sort of Pied Piper character who's brilliant with children not at all you know, that was never the point to sort of say, oh, you know, everyone should have kids because clearly, you know, it's right for some people and it's not right for others. It's very much a personal choice. I suppose what I was trying to achieve is that their relationship sort of transcends all the what you would think are the barriers. Loretta doesn't really like kids. She doesn't really want to get involved in, in this situation. None of this is, ha is something that she's picked. So she's someone who very much likes to be in control of her life. But this all bubbles out of a really random event. How many times have you 
I don't know, just been asked to keep an eye, maybe not on a stranger's child, but on a stranger's bag or something or what have you. And when she's asked in this airport, you know, my child's asleep, I, you know, I need to nip to the loo, can you just keep an eye? It doesn't, she's not particularly thrilled about it, but it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's like, well, this woman's going to be back in a few minutes. So it's never something that she plans. And I think the thing about Loretta is that she plans pretty much everything else. So reflecting that onto your life, Nicola, how have you delved into those sort of situations in everyday life? When have you been in that position where you've had to do something that's a little bit different to the norm that you would be doing normally? Kind of every day, really, right? Because I think that if any of us think we're in control of life, it's an illusion because, you know, it can throw anything at you at any time and I think you can be chugging along nicely and you can feel like you've got everything together and then something happens that just you know throws you off good or bad actually so whether it's because you meet someone um romantically or you meet someone who has this you know this brilliant career opportunity might open up or whether it's a bad thing like someone being ill or losing someone, you just never quite know what's going to happen. I mean, I suppose the most dramatic example of that, uh, the most extreme example of that is when you lose someone that you love very much. So, you know, for me, I lost my dad when he was relatively young, just 62, and he just just dropped dead of a heart attack. And that was an in- just an incredible shock. You know, nothing that any of us saw coming and just it destabilizes the whole family but you have to just keep going somehow and muddling through and I suppose you find a new version of yourself maybe talk to me about that new version what how old were you when he died I think I was 30 so not a baby but definitely I wasn't ready I mean are you ever I guess would be the question. I was extremely close to my dad. So I don't think I would ever have been ready, but I think that maybe I would have got to an age where it was happening more to, you know, people of that sort of age and it would have seemed, I would have expected it more. That's just how it is, isn't it? We don't really know what tomorrow has in store for us. So Loretta, you know, to go back to the book, you know, Loretta goes to that airport and she's focused on one thing, and one thing only. And that's this work trip that she's going on and how she's going to perform and how she's going to get her presentation ready and do really well and the rest of it. She does not expect to suddenly have this child come into her life. It's not in the plan. But this is what's really interesting about her, and ditto to your journey as well. She was 18 when she went through this big trauma, and we know she coped with it with running. Running was her catharsism for it. Yeah. When you were 30 and you're going through this trauma and you didn't really know how to deal with it and you're still trying to work out who you were, you know, it was 10 years afterwards that you actually became an author. How did you deal going through that trauma? Was it the running or was it actually that was your time to pull it into writing and actually just try and put pen to paper and just kind of make sense of this weird world that you're now in, age 30, trying to find out who you really are and what values and the purpose that you want to have going forward in your life? I think that's a good question. I think it probably did push me a bit more towards actually starting to write. Grief as a theme does pop up in a lot of my book in some way or other. So I think there is definitely that going on. But also for me, when when I lost my dad, and, and I wouldn't necessarily 
you know, this is just how it was. It's not, I'm not su suggesting this is a particular method. I had very, very young children. So in a sense, you, you can't totally be engulfed by grief. You have to kind of keep going and maintaining a sense of routine and daily life. And I remember Nigella Lawson saying when she lost her first husband, I still have to make things nice here every day. And that really resonated with me because I think that's what it's like. You know, I had a two and a half year old and a baby. There wasn't a lot of space to, I mean, I was obviously very unhappy, but I had to just kind of on a certain level keep going. It's that almost fight or flight mode of you go into action mode because you've got to be responsible for everyone else. And if you stop, then everything stops. And then how are you ever going to pick yourself up? Whereas you keep going, you don't even think about the little traumas and dealing with that stuff. Did you go through any therapy to help you with that trauma? Not so much, actually, but I was really lucky. Again, I just have the most incredible friends. And so, you know, I definitely talked about it a lot. And I had a lot of support and important, I think, to have people that you can. And again, going back to your point about, you know, having different friends, it's, it's all very well having your fun friends. But you need people that you can really just you talk to when you you don't feel fun and jolly and jokey, you feel really miserable and stuff. So, yeah, I think it was friends that really helped. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
we're talking of friends. We've talked about the friendship angle of the book. Yes. The last angle we haven't discussed yet is the social anxiety angle Loretta's gone through. And we yes. start in the book right at the beginning with her opening up about her social anxiety. And all the way through the book, we see how this anxiety manifests itself. And it's so funny because I relate so much to so many of the yeah. little contributions that she does when it comes to social anxiety because I massively suffer with it. And there's one thing that I absolutely love, which is how she keeps a list of questions for when she's going to see someone to say, right, how was your day? How was this? And I do that with my friends. And a lot of my friends get really scared by it. Some know about it. Some will go, what's on the agenda today? And I'll go, right, here's all the list. What are we adding to it? And we'll go through the list that I've made that I've got the things I want to ask and the things that I want to tell. And then I'll say, okay, right, what, what are we adding to the list? And then we'll tick it off. Other friends get really scared by it. Where do you sit on if you were going to have a conversation with someone and they told you what you're going to be discussing in what order? Yeah, I think I'd be fine with it. And I think I would understand the place it's coming from because that is someone who is maybe a bit more anxious about social situations and that and that's their way of dealing with it, right? It, it's the sort of prepping for it. And I think that it's interesting with Loretta because... There are things about her which she herself describes as weird. She sees herself as being weird. But I think there are, to a greater or lesser extent, bits of Loretta in all of us, right? Mm. Um, so that feeling of walking into a big party, say, where you don't really know anyone and just thinking, no one's going to want to talk to me and I don't know if I've got anything interesting to say anyway. I mean... I can relate to that. I think it's it's really human. And, you know, she's... The thing with Loretta is it's a bit of a vicious circle because the more she convinces herself that she's weird, her word, not mine. Well, it is my word, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing an author's ever said to me. I know. My words, not I know. mine. Wow. <laughs> It shows we're all we're all bonkers. The more she thinks, oh, she's weird, the more it kind of it feeds that anxiety yeah. and it makes it worse. Well, um, you you manifest it even more so because you then it's that whole thing of whatever you put out, you get in. And if you're gonna manifest that and you're gonna say you're weird, then you're kind of gonna keep digging yourself that more and bigger, bigger, bigger hole. And then there's nowhere to go. What do you do, Nicola, when it comes to social anxiety? Because I imagine in the writing world when you've got this pressure of publishers picking up your books then you've got an audience who are going right you've got your third book out now and you took so long to write this third book which we won't talk about um <laughs> the fourth one better be next year i'm not waiting another three years for the next the fourth one. one is next year yes she's finally learned she's finally learned so you've got your audience who are going they've got an expectation based on your previous two books you've got the sunday yeah. times that do their book list which the publishers are looking at you're looking at it's a competitive world. What I like about the author world, though, is that no authors are against each other. No one's in battle like in other industries. But how do you slot into that when it comes to social anxiety? Do you ever get that imposter syndrome of, well, Richard Osman's going to release a new book so no one's going to buy my book? Or do you think, look, I'm in my own lane. I'm doing my thing. I've got oh, my no, style. No. My All audience the time. will do that. All the time. <laughs> All the time. I mean, imposter syndrome is, you know, almost part of the job description for being an author. You definitely think, oh, you know, oh, God, who's going to pick up my book if there's this book there or that book there or whatever. So definitely that happens. I would say that the author community, so other authors, are mostly very supportive of each other. 
and I have a number of other authors who I consider really you know good friends now but it is weird it's a weird life because you spend so much of your when you're writing the book it's such a kind of solitary pursuit in a sense well, not in a sense it is you know it's just you and and the computer and then when you put the book out there obviously what you want more than anything in the world is for lots and lots and lots of people to read it but at the same time when lots and lots of people read it and they have their thoughts and their feelings and their which they're perfectly entitled to have it's very personal and for example sometimes people on social media my, most people I will just caveat what I'm about to say by saying most people are absolutely lovely and most of the messages I get from readers are so lovely and and they I mean they really really do mean a lot when you get a message from someone you've never even met and they're like oh you know I love the book and this really helped me with this or blah whatever they say so that's lovely but occasionally readers will tag an author in a not very nice review and of course nothing is for everyone right you know I mean not everyone likes rice chicken what's wrong with them so when when someone doesn't like it you know intellectually you know it doesn't it's fine right but at the same time, it's still like, I mean, it, it's like someone looking at your baby and saying, oh, that baby's ugly. And I think it's really hard when it comes to books. So I have my top, I don't know, let's say 15 to 20 authors who bring out a book every single year, which obviously you're included on. And so I know what I can expect from each one of those authors. And I know that I'm going to enjoy their book, whether it's a day, because I've, I'll read a book in a day or a week, whatever it is. And then I've got my celebrity autobiographies or books that I need to read for the podcast or for work. And then I get sent loads of other books. And it's really hard to get used to a new author, I find, because yeah. you're looking for those little bits that you can relate to. So whether it's like a Richard Osman or a Tim Weaver book that have the same characters every single year, and you go, look, they're like my old friends. Whether it's a book like yours, which you know will come from the heart, whether it's a Jane Fallon um, book, which is about friendship or an Adele Parts or a Lisa Jewell book, which is all about those little psychological thrillers where you know what to expect. That's yeah. fine. But the writing of a new book is really hard. And obviously you're writing to a mass audience who are going to either be like me reading it in the bath or, as you know, me walking up and down a swimming pool. Yes, but I think that's probably pool. me. I think that's literally me that does it. People who read By the Beach, people who buy it because they've seen it in the airport and go, oh, I just want to take a book, but I don't really think about it, but I like the front cover. And then you've got people who are your actual fans who are really invested in you. And so you probably don't even know who you're talking to because it's not like a love island that goes out in the summer and you know that everyone's watching it or it's a winter film that you're supposed to be watching with a hot chocolate. You're talking to a mass audience. So how are you ever supposed to talk to everyone? It, it's not possible. No, it's not possible. And I suppose, you know, if I've learned anything as I've got older, and this is really difficult, is that not everyone's going to like me. And that's hard because I'm a invertebrate people pleaser, but not everyone will like me. But in the same way, not everyone will like my books. You know, there will be, they'll work for some people and not for others. And that's kind of how it is, isn't it? But it is difficult because it's difficult not to, not to care because you put so much into it. So bringing that together and everything else we've spoken about in the conversation, your books are in for beginners. Final question yes. for you, Nicola. What is your tip to knowing your true self? What is your tip for that beginner who's just first learning to swim to love their self? God, that is a big final question, Johnny. I think you have to try 
not to mind so much what everyone else thinks. And you have to be the person that you can sleep at night and feel happy that you are kind and that you are being your your best self, whatever that is. I, I don't mean in terms of I don't mean, you know, every day you've got to run the six marathons and I'm not talking about achievements. I'm talking about being a good, kind person. And if you can do that, then really worrying too much about what everyone else thinks it's it's wasted energy, really. Nicola Gill, your book, Swimming for Beginners, is out to buy now. I'm so delighted you're back on Circadian Secure. I'm part of the Circadian Secure book club. If you love hearing from your favourite authors, then please do check out the Circadian Secure library. There's people like Amanda Prowse, and the people I've mentioned, Jane Fallon, Adele Parks, Tim Weaver, Annabelle Knight, Matt Haig, all talking about their books and the mental health themes that come out of their books. And if you're listening on Spotify and iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. Tell me you enjoyed it. Tell me you're going to go and buy Nicola's new book, Swimming for Beginners. It's such a good read. You're absolutely going to love it. And click that follow or subscribe button. And on YouTube, if you're watching, hi, leave that rating, leave the thumbs up and give that subscribe button a click. It's so important we keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. If you want to follow me on social media, at Johnny Seifert, at Scalinska Podcast on Instagram, on TikTok, at Johnny Seifert 92 and on Twitter, at Johnny Seifert. Go and check me out. I put loads of teasers of old episodes and let's just keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert. Thanks so much for listening or watching. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs>